Bedlam Stories, Scroll Mean, Curl Fair. Hi, my name is Molly Eyre. Welcome to Bedlam Stories. The Eyre myth story has a theme of redness. I will not attempt to define this word further. I think it's a concept best learned in context of Hamperdian storytelling. However, I will explain the shawl I mentioned in Curl 2 a little bit more because it comes up again uh, in this curl in a metaphor that Aramith says to Moore. The shawl is not only a sign of womanhood, but it is also used in the wedding ceremony. The parents of the bride and groom raise a mound of good earth, and then the woman will place her shawl over it and the man will place carvings representing his possessions, his riches, or honors he's received, whatever he deems most important to him. Then after the story of the first man and the first woman is said aloud by the head storyteller, together the bride and the groom pull away the shawl so the things that were placed on top topple down, and all that's left is the dirt. Together they plant a seed, and then from that, they will tend a tree throughout their whole marriage. The implication is that underneath what they own is what the first man and the first woman was and where the first man and the woman first came from and that they will always be looking to discover what love is together. That is a very short explanation of it. Um, I should mention I've translated the word for shawl into shroud this time around. I did that for the sound of it, but also for the implication that something is being hidden and then revealed. It was then, in the stillness of Aramith's youth, when she was yet growing to know the world and its things that Moor thundered in with his mighty men to put the land of air between his white teeth before every person in the market he steps to thrust his scepter in the soil picks a hand of earth bites it there the red his eye rolling over all he claims he is met with no resistance for they had heard his coming and Ranmuth knew what was to follow, for in a dream he did hear the telling. Moore met no resistance, but this. Aramith approaches from her place among the people. Ranmuth to his knees does fall to see his daughter. Aramith looks to Moore. She says, You must spit that dirt from out your mouth. It has been claimed these many years, long before the likes of you have known it with your shoes. Everyone is cowering but this Ranmith girl. Moore is amused. He swallows the earth to say, You are plucky. Are you this land's ruler? Aramith is angry, but she answers calmly. No more its ruler than any man can rule what is not his. Moore sighs dramatically. <sighs> I grow weary of your riddles. Who leads these people? Ranmith rises. Him knows what will follow. Him look to his daughter. 
him says to her, his lovely, you know your fader loves you. Him turns to Moore to say, I am he, the one who leads. Moore steps to him, walks round him, in a circle, like a vulture. He spits out, You are a liar, for I have eaten up the earth, and now I am its leader. For this crime of deceit, you will surely die. Moore runs through Ranmith with his sword. Nothing could be done but scream. It happened like a blinking. And Aramith fell beside her fallen fader and wept great rivers. Moore turns to boast to his men, him says, I am powerful and powerful. Scott and earth do bless me because I get glory for myself through blood and sheer strength. Whoever meets my eye to oppose me meets death by sword, for my power will tolerate no rivals. Aramith watches fade the eye her fader and remembers her fader's words for years and years. She shuts her fader's eye with fingers wet by her own. She rises to her feet. She speaks. No shouting. Speaks. What you name power? What you name blessing? What you name glory? Is wrongly named. Time will unravel what you think you make true. Yet I do say, you are named more rightly, because you have no satisfaction. You may have this earth but you will not have its people. Power taken will be taken from you. You must now always hear these words repeating in your ears. They will hang in this air and salt your food. You will yet discover truth, like the sliding of a shroud, and what you've laid on top will topple down. Your glory will be your falling. Moore's eyes do become redder and redder, Enough! Your tongue has made me tired. My right hand says to take it from you. My left hand banishes you from my ears. Leave now or lose your pretty voice. It is truth, my lord, you banish. What I say is truth. I make it so. If man can make it, can it not be unmade? Your truth is not the sky. My right hand itches, girl. Run now before it finds its sword. And you, you do not find my eyes again unless you wish to flow your blood. Aramith paused a moment. She kissed her fader's cheek and walked slowly down the street to the edge of air. More boiled in his skin to see her unafraid. His revenge was to seize the town, to make for him a place that's safe, to claim more land farther out than even air. He lived in Ranmith's house, he ate of Ranmith's food, and though Ermith was banished to the forest at the edge of air, her words hung in the air around Moore's head, and did salt every bite of food he took into his mouth, until his dreamings were filled of his doubting. And yet, still he did rule the people with his redness. And a new people learned to grumble. What life is this to have? If we must cower from taken power that every hour threaten all of our beautiful, 
good and lovely things with the selfishness of power. There came a day when in battle more side did meet the blade and enemy, for some lands chose to resist with more than words, then took their swords to kill the redness with their redness. More lay in bed and writhe with pain, the pain he gave to others. He rolled with shame to feel the same his enemies, and hoarsely he did say, Bring me the wisest healer. The town was searched and was discovered. The best and only healer was Ranmith's girl he banished from under Airden learned, for Airden was her mater. Bring her to me, for surely I will die without a healer. More rasped out in a panic, and Airmith was asked to come. She did look at Moore's men who came to fetch her, and softly say to them that met her, Take me to him. She did go, and she did know she was that Lord King Moore's only hope. Into her fader's room she walked without timidity. To her knees she fell humbly. To Moore she said softly, Show me your wound. His red eyes rolling in pain, his distrust crazed, him wheezes out, How do I know you will not smote me, your enemy? Aramith gazes at him calmly. I say with my mouth I will not harm you, of my own hand. I am not like you. I will not twist my words to mean what I desire, hidden in my heart. And even if you are my enemy, for you have killed my fader, I will yet forgive you, if you ask it of me. More rolled in agony, for his wound caused him burning. Do you wish me dead, hidden in your heart? I wish for justice, yet I know there is no justice true enough in this life, my lord. What is this justice that is hidden in your heart? The desire in my heart seeks your destruction, for as many times as you destroyed. More winced, not only your destruction, but my desire wishes you to feel it. Every pang you have delivered, and every pang that was made to come from it. My desire bids you know the pain the loved ones suffer, and the ones that suffer because the loved ones suffer. My desire wishes you to suffer several lifetimes over, for every lifetime you have touched with redness. More rolled in bed at his pain. My desire says, even this pain you suffer now is not enough. More pants out, and yet you say you'll save me. I, my lord, for my power, lord, is such that I may disobey the desire of my heart when I discern that it will lead to more destruction. For my redness will not destroy just me. But even now, this death you've made may turn to life. But you must walk another way. Turn from redness in this blood, in this power that you go making. More moans. Your words are torture to me. Heal my wound if you will, then leave. For truly, if you do not heal me, I will surely die. And it may be so that you are full of lies, but maybe you do speak the truth. 
and you will not destroy me, though I am at your mercy, and what's more, your enemy. He revealed his wound to Aramith. Her lips did part to see the gore of battle, yet quickly did she clean and tend the wound there. In many days did she now come to see the king named Moor. In many days did she gently care for that man, her enemy. The people that did see her did gnash their teeth for her. Their stomachs in rebellion rolled to see such gorged injustice. As she walked the way home, a group led by Jono made her pause. Jono, now a man, said to Aramith, Aramith, why do you bow to save him now? that man that slayed your father. Ranmuth was our leader, and we mourn, but you must mourn the more because he was your fader. How your hands betray you! Let him languish on his bed. It is better that he is dead. Shush, Jono, Aramith chided. Shush. You speak so, for you do not know, but I will tell you. This redness you condemn in him, you ask of me. He killed my fader for want of power. You ask of me to let him die for want of power. To rid his redness with my own would not quench my grief or yours. My grief is great. The world could not contain it. Yet my chest more vast than earth must lodge it there in such a vessel as me and me. Do not ask me to overcome my enemy with swords. Jono sighed. You need not use a sword. You may just wait for death to have him, for his wound is terrible. Aramith shook her head. That would be the same. I will not let him drink from Death River. If he will live, then I will let him. Jono was horrified. More has taken power from us. We must take it back. Aramith... We gladly give it you. All we ask is you do nothing. Telmata stepped from the people there. Aramith, we give you power over us, for you speak truth, and we would have truth lead us. As Ranmith led before, so you must do now. Will you take the heavy burden from us? Aramith was angry, rightly, and raised her voice. If you wish truth to lead you, listen, listen, you hate not more, but his redness. If I use redness to destroy this redness, there is only more to hate. I will not lead him to drink the bitter water. I will lead him to better water, and you will all drink too. Do not turn to swords. Come and have a meal with me. Come to my far house and have a meal with me. Jono and the others followed, but still their hearts whispered in the dark. This cannot continue. More must have justice thrust upon him. We will take the heavy burden of justice to him, for time cannot work quickly enough for our satisfaction.'